Oh, you brought chips too? Well, what else goes with beer than chips? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Welcome to top four beers. And one chip. And one, yeah, top one chips. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just finish this chip first. <laughs> okay, I'll introduce the topic. So, <laughs> No, I'm chewing in the background. You gotta wait. <laughs> Yo, oh, I mean, wait, let me take a any wrench. <laughs> okay. Wait, it's still stuck in my teeth. Well, that happened with the chips. This was a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. So, but the beer was a good idea. So, we are finally doing top four beers. And to clarify what this actually means, we're actually not going to talk about specific like beers like Budweiser. I mean, that's honestly, that's probably not going to be anywhere on the list anyway, but um, we're talking about top four beer types. Right. So think, you know, things like lager, ale, stout, IPA, like that kind of thing. That's what we're going for here. We've thought about doing beer before, but the idea of like, just there's so many different breweries. We thought about doing micro brews. We thought about doing like main name beers. It's just, there's just way too many. And when we came up with the idea of beer types, we we're like, ooh, that's manageable. So we got drunk the other night <laughs> for research. I wouldn't say drunk. It was for our work. We had to sample one of every beer type. And I've had pretty much everything um, because I'm, I'm, I've always been a beer fan. But my wonderful wife, Tiff, is fairly new to the world of liking beer. Hi, I'm new to beer. <laughs> And so I, so the, I actually went out, you know, like, during, over the last couple of weeks, and I actually have sourced like one of every major type of beer that I thought she might actually like. I got like a, a huge array of different types of beer, like, trying to buy like one each <laughs> of like, you know, all different, uh, you know, light lager, regular lager, hefeweizen, you know, all the different IPAs, sour. Uh, Can you list everything that we tried? uh not i don't think i easily could but i, I got i mean i got a porter Ugh, i got a, we got a lambic hold which, on I, <laughs> that was weird hold on we got, um, hold on i can list it hazies non-hazies milk stouts flavored milk stouts uh pumpkin beer so you can list it uh, yeah a lot of it yeah <laughs> yeah we had lots of different kinds um some of which were actually new to tiff or at least you know new since she has liked beer um so that's it's it's been a wonderful journey getting here uh, I've liked beer for a while, and in fact, you can hear uh, as a little cross promo here. Um, I've done two episodes of the Incomparable. As th- they did two episodes about beer, where uh, they they had you know four or five of us on as hosts, and we live tasted them on the air from people who knew a lot about beer and had shipped it to us, and uh, and it was it was a good time. So definitely go listen to those. We link to those in the show notes uh, if you're into if you're into hearing my opinions about beer as well as other people who actually know what they're talking about um unfortunately for this we don't know that much about it except that i like beer a lot and now tiff does too uh backstory um (laughs) when we were on our keto diet um i got used to kind of liking bitter flavors or more bitter flavors and anything just completely sweet so i guess my alcohol taste changed and that's when i started liking beers before that it was only like every once in a while i would have one if we were traveling or there was nothing else to drink or i was running through the woods as a teenager chipping my tooth whatever other than that yeah i didn't really care for beer i'd rather drink anything else but now these days i have found beers that i liked and i can consistently order or at least find if the bar happens to carry the weird beers that I like. Uh, oh, spoiler! But there it is. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like beer now, so we can do this. I mean, you wouldn't be the only beer fan in the world who doesn't like what a lot of bars carry. That's not a, that uncommon of a thing. Honestly, like going through and tasting all of these beers the other night, I didn't hate them as much as I normally would have. That's before. interesting. Okay, so like overall, I was like, all right, I could get down a can bottle of this yeah i actually i was surprised when we did this how many of them you didn't hate you know like, like i i thought the the ones that were kind of you know more traditional um that were you know the predominant kinds back when you liked beer like obviously you know lagers light lagers and um the the initial wave of like traditional style ipas I was surprised that you liked those as much as you did, or at least didn't hate them as much as you didn't. And <laughs> and so it, it is, I, and I think 
yeah, like you mentioned, like you know, that when we when we did like a low sugar diet, um, kind of moved your taste, and I think that's that's kind of what determines what a lot of people think about beer is like when we're younger, especially like you know, if we're in college, we're still probably eating a bunch of sweet garbage all the time. And so things that are more bitter or savory in flavors are less appealing to a lot of us. As we go through life, get older, usually those flavors become more appealing to us. And so I think a lot of this has to do with just, you know, age and, and, and the rest of your diet, as well as how you were brought up and what memories these might evoke and everything else. So with that being said, uh, and we're not doing a live tasting of all the different kinds because we decided that listening to two people drink on a podcast for that long would probably be much more amusing for us than for you. So, yeah, I think that um, we would think we were funny and no one else would. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our humor would degrade with our mental state. So, so let's get into the actual um, rankings here, I think. So I have a few honorable mentions, and I think you're going to laugh quite a bit at my first one. It is the light logger. What? Did this you just, is. Did you put that on for like comedy option? Like, lol, it's beer. I honestly didn't. So you know, the light lager. This is. If you don't know a lot about beer, this is the kind of beer that you probably think is or was the only kind of beer. This is things like Bud Light. You know, like that. It's almost every beer that you would have had in college is probably a light lager. Yeah, close all your the ro- super cheap beers, like they're all light lagers. Close your eyes and think of licking college, and that's what it tastes like. <laughs> so the only reason why I have this in my honorable mentions at all is because light lager does serve a purpose. And for that purpose, it's it serves it reasonably okay. So one of those things that it serves is it can be really cheap. And you can get a lot of it for not that much money. And there's a lot of people for whom that's important. You know, that's why we drank it in college. It was important to us then. Um, and it, it also is kind of a crowd pleaser. You know, if you're going to have like if you're set, if you're getting beer for a party or something, you, you know, you're going to have a gathering. Where there's going to be a lot of people. A lot of people will pick the light loggers. They are the plain cheese pizza of beers. Nobody thinks you should order plain cheese pizza when you're ordering pizza for a bunch of people. But if you do and you only get like, you know, one plain cheese pizza and then seven meat and vegetable pizzas, that one plain cheese pizza is going to be gone and people are going to be clamoring for more and no one's going to touch your weird like sausage and olives pizza, right? That is the light lager. If you have a bunch of beer at a party, you will go through more of that than anything else. People take it and they take it way more than you think they will. So it serves that purpose. And then finally... One thing I respect about the light lager is that it is low calorie-ish compared to other beers, and it is low alcohol content. And this is one thing. I'm kind of a lightweight. I can't drink that many beers in a night. And I like beer. I like it for the flavor. Like I, So I want – like low alcohol content is actually a feature for me, not a bug. I want that. And I find it kind of unfortunate when some beer I like is high alcohol content because then I can't have very much of it. And so I'd rather like keep the night going and feel better at the end of the night with drinking low alcohol beer if it's available than drinking a bunch of like, you know, double IPAs and having my butt kicked by them. Just this type of beer. It's like, why bother? Like, why bother? I guess I would have to be at a really crappy hotel bar and the hotel ran out of gin and then I would order this drink. <laughs> <laughs> it, light loggers, they're never going to be my first choice, but they do serve a purpose. Lord, bear so, me strength. Honorable mention. <laughs> do you have any honorables? I have two more after that. I do have some honorables. Um, one of mine is a Belgian ale. Okay. I know. This is, I think, possibly going to be on your list because you it really is like indeed. it. Mm-hmm. And specifically, the one that you tried was the Chimay Grand Reserve, a.k.a. Chimay Blue. This is a beer that I would have never thought that I would have liked, but I did this time, and it was really great. It wouldn't be my favorite. I wouldn't order it, but if it showed up and that's what everyone was drinking, yeah, I would really enjoy it. <laughs> I love, like... It's it's a fairly like high end and kind of expensive beer and it's super fancy and you're like, well, I don't want it. But like if somebody gave it to me, I guess I would take it. <laughs> I mean, I would certainly take it over a lager. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And I'll have more to say about about that later. Um, my second honorable mention 
so the first one I mentioned was the light lager. My second honorable mention is the like full blown German style lager. And I think the epitome of this that I have found is the Hofbrau original. Uh, this is the one I included in our tasting. I actually don't like lager flavor nearly as much as the other types of beers. I prefer the ale family way more than the lager family uh, in general. But the Hofbrau style lager, like the real German lager, does evoke a certain kind of atmosphere. We actually went to the Hofbrau house in Munich on a trip, and it was so much fun. We loved it, and it reminds me of that. It reminds me of drinking a massive amount of German beer out of this huge glass with these really crazy people who were sharing this giant bench style table with us. And it also reminds me of all that kind of like Oktoberfest culture. You know, we weren't there for that, but we've been to other places for Oktoberfest style gatherings. And I feel like drinking an IPA at that kind of setting would feel out of place. Like you're in that kind of setting. You want a giant glass of lager, possibly with like totally over the top things happening around you in that, in that tradition and in that style. And so it also, it also reminds me of, the few nights in college that we would have a bit of money and we would splurge on quote good beer. Cause even at the time we would have no idea like what IPAs were, but we would get good lockers instead of crappy cheap lockers. <laughs> and so it does kind of, it reminds me of that, that time. Um, so, you know, it kind of brings me back to these times that even though it's not my favorite flavor, like the full blown lager is not my favorite flavor. Again, it serves a purpose and it, it there, there are certain times and places where that is the best choice i think or at least like the the traditional choice so you're picking these as your honorable mentions because of nostalgia not necessarily i mean there's some of that but it all it, it is kind of also about like different modes like different times and places different settings you know like like wouldn't wouldn't it be weird if you were in the hoffer house drinking a bottle of chimay like wouldn't that be kind of odd like it i mean can they pour the chimay into one of those big giant glasses it because wouldn't fill it up very far <laughs> it's more about the big giant glass <laughs> right? I, I don't you would not want that much chimay because you'd be on the floor because it's so much higher alcohol but we'll get to that as well <laughs> <laughs> anyway there is a place for even the full-blown german lager i think it's even more fun than the light lager uh and i i appreciate it i have one more honorable mention also um it is one of the all right, there's probably like 12 different versions of this, but it's like the dessert milk stouts, like the ones with all kinds of weird stuff in them uh, that taste like dessert beer. Uh, I have this as my honorable mention because I don't think I could just like regularly order something like this or have something like this often, but every once in a while, it is so tasty and fun. Like I, I love these. I love when they have like strange extra flavors added to them and the creaminess of a milk stout is that is that the right way to say it because is that just like because i'm thinking milk i don't know if that's the right way to say it but that makes sense so we'll go with that okay cool um that's what uh honorable mention uh it didn't fit onto my list as like a standard go-to but i absolutely love them i think that they're really fun a lot of them are super stupid but <laughs> yeah I really like kind of drinking them at the end of the night. Like they are, they're a nice end, but they're usually pretty high in alcohol, right? Or heavy. They're very heavy. The, yeah. They, some of them are very high in alcohol. Heavy and sweet. Yeah. I, I don't, this is a category where some of my favorite beers I've ever had are these like, you know, heavy flavored stouts, but you can like never buy the same one twice, first of all, because they're like, they're always like specialty things from various things. And my hit rate on whether I like them or not is very low. I'm still dreaming of this one from uh, Evil Genius in Philadelphia. It's called New Phone Who Dis. And man, it was so, it was like caramel and coffee and stout. It was, it was so wonderful. There are some amazing combinations with these, but it's almost never worth buying like, uh, you know, a four pack or a six pack of it if that's what you have to do, because the risk is so high that it's going to be like undrinkably strong and like yes. beating you over the head with weirdness that yes. you don't want <laughs> but i i want that that's what i want okay you're you you will see when we get into our main list the theme of my list <laughs> are overbearing beers that's that's what, fantastic <laughs> that's my theme for my beer list so far for my honorable i've picked the two most boring ones and i want the most <laughs> overbearing beer you could possibly imagine i think before we leave the like you know heavily flavored stout category i think 
Also, what is a brunch style IPA? I'm I'm very into like <laughs> I've never had an IPA at brunch before. <laughs> well, apparently they have brunch style ones. Maybe it's just like there's a whole bunch of stuff. Like that's it's a little bit of lunch, it's a little bit of breakfast. Maybe it's just they should try to market it so that you will drink it at brunch, therefore expanding beer into more times of day. Possibly. You know, because like it, it, it might not mean, I mean anything. Like like, you know, a, a breakfast blend of coffee. That's mm-hmm. a common term used. People say, oh, this is our breakfast blend. What does that mean? Nothing. It, it means nothing. Okay, I love brunch because I like getting as many beverages as possible. Maybe in my beers, I need a lot of words describing my beer. Like, just lager? Hmm. No. Out. You're out. Get out. Don't even look back. You know, I need, like, <laughs> dessert uh, nitro milk stout. That's that's what I need. I think this might mean that I might not like beer. <laughs> 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 so our my last honor mention is the pumpkin beer pumpkin beer um usually they're ales as far as i can tell um so the pumpkin ale and what i i like these a lot but only in the fall and it's good because they're usually only available in the fall but pumpkin beers like there's a reason why this category has exploded over the last i don't know decade or so um they they are it, it's just a really good combination and it's weird but good it like the pumpkin and i mean they don't really taste like pumpkin they taste as we discussed in our pumpkin spice episode like the predominant flavor is not pumpkin there's some of that in there but you're mostly tasting like the spices like the the cinnamon and clove and sugar and whatever else uh but it's it's a good flavor that goes well with like a brown ale base and it is really nice in the fall it is illegal to have them any other time of year like we i actually had one from the fall that was left over that we included in our taste test you know here and it's springtime right now and it did taste delicious just like the fall and it it instantly brought me back to the fall Mm -hmm. me too but it felt wrong it It did it felt like you know singing christmas carol in july like it just kind of felt like this is not the right time to be doing this like it it evoked the wrong season but it was delicious (laughs) but anyway the only downside of pumpkin beers that i found is that they are they are often done to a degree that I feel is overpowering and like too heavy or too syrupy. You can't see me, but I'm making absolute troll face. I know. Right? <laughs> so like, like, you know, like, like the, the pumpkin that I think is a little bit too strong, the Southern tier pumpkin, but I'm a fan of like the, the Montauk pumpkin or the dogfish head pumpkin. Like I like, I like that, that level. So it's like the more like, here's a brown ale with a medium amount of pumpkin spice flavoring, not like, it doesn't taste like flavor syrup, you know, and that's that's too much for me. And many of them are too much. So it's kind of a risk. I kind of stick with what I know there. But anyway, let's stick with what else we know. It is our sponsor this month. It is DoorDash. We know DoorDash. That's we for sure. do because we use DoorDash. Are you eating chips during my ad read? <laughs> I'm going to go cracking a brook. <laughs> Well, if you forgot that one thing at the store, like chips, like to chips, go with your beer, yeah, you can get snacks, drinks, household essentials in thirty minutes with DoorDash. And it's in addition to the other stuff they do, things like dinner. You know, you can get your dinner delivered. So now you can get your dinner, you can get your deodorant, morning pick me up from Dunkin'. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. You can get multiple places with DoorDash at the same time too. So. If you want Chinese food and somebody else in your household wants pizza, someone else is craving froyo, there is something for everyone on DoorDash. They connect you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. You can get the grocery essentials you need there too, so get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is super easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with their contactless delivery drop-off setting. Love that. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, Cheesecake Factory, and so much more. We have personally used DoorDash. We use it whenever we are home and we want dinner delivered. Like that's the, it, is, it is really good for that. It's, you know, you don't want to cook. You want to just, you don't, you don't have time or you don't, you're just tired of deciding or tired of cooking or, you know, you, maybe you don't have stuff in the house that you need. You just go to DoorDash. It's so easy. We, we love it. We keep using it and it's fantastic. So for a limited time, you can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more at the DoorDash app and enter in code TOP42021 at checkout. So download the DoorDash app in the App Store. 
Enter code TOP4 2021. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download that DoorDash app in the App Store, enter code TOP4 2021. It's like a free snack. Like, come on. Exactly. Snack. Don't forget, that is code TOP4 2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so let's go into our number fours. I am currently drinking my number one. Oh. Don't look. Well, I mean, I, I know what's number one. I know you know. <laughs> I was tr- trying to be. All right. Number four. <laughs> it, number one thing to bring into a podcast studio, a giant plastic bag of crunchy potato chips. <laughs> it's ch- there's, no, there's no chips here. <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> All right. So I didn't bring chips into this room. What, what's your number four? My number four. Uh, talking about, remember, overbearing beers. It's pumpkin beer. All hey, right. <laughs> it is overbearing in many ways. Uh, basically, the thematic idea of pumpkin things is overbearing when it comes fall time. Everything is pumpkin. And so, you know, you have that marketed overbearingly. It does have a syrupy taste sometimes, which I love. And it's also really, really good with a shot of screwball in it. Yes. Yeah, that's that's peanut butter whiskey for those of you who don't know. It is ridiculous <laughs> and it sounds terrible, but it is significantly better than it sounds. Also extra about a pumpkin beer, sometimes you get it in a bar and they put the like uh sometimes you get it in the bar and they put a brown sugar rim around the edge a cinnamon sugar rim or cinnamon sugar or brown sugar i don't know they put sugar on it well so it's cinnamon sugar it happens to be brown because of the cinnamon but it is not brown sugar that's a different thing maybe someone does brown sugar i don't know (laughs) don't you don't know you haven't been to every bar that's true okay uh cinnamon sugar rim which i said this entire time totally Uh, yep but (laughs) yeah pumpkin beer it is i love that it's seasonal i like that you can only kind of really enjoy it during the fall season i like when something is like specific that i have to wait for it and like ah it feels like fall Ooh, it's time for pumpkin beer like it's fun to wait for something and pumpkin beer is just really tasty it's like that it's it's so different than a lot of other beers most other beers you don't have to wait for seasonally and this one you do and that's what i think makes it fun and when you're out and you're with friends and everyone's ordering a pumpkin beer like that's a whole fun vibe so i'm going with that as my number four pumpkin beer because it's seasonal because it's a little over the top because sometimes it's kind of ridiculous uh i just i really enjoy it and i it's one of the few beers that i have recently just enjoyed having often you know like all the time well in the fall in the (laughs) it's i like pumpkin spice stuff so (laughs) it's gonna happen yeah crazy flavor beer i know that there's a lot of like other flavored beer out there but there's just something special about the pumpkin well and i think the the success rate of how good pumpkin beer is is significantly higher than most other flavors that are commonly used for flavored beer like that's why everyone makes pumpkin beer because it's a big business first of all but like it just works really well and and i and again and i do want to like reiterate how how interesting it is to have seasonal flavors. Like I, I think that that really brings out like you know certain interestingness and, and variety to the year. You know things come in and out of availability and out of season, and and the, and those flavors will evoke those times. You know it's like the eggnog of beer. Mm-hmm. Like you know eggnog is you know pretty much only drinking around Christmas time around here, and and so like it, it would it would feel weird to taste eggnog flavor you know in June. It's the bar version of the pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. I could see that. Like you yeah. get your pumpkin spice latte in the morning, you get right. your pumpkin beer at night. Exactly. And for the rest of the year, uh, although maybe less so in the summertime, but um, after pumpkin spice season is over and it's it's deep in the winter. Your number four is an eggnog beer, isn't it? No, that would be terrible. My, <laughs> my number four would it? is the stout. Now we mentioned, you mentioned earlier in honorable mentions, the, like, the category of like heavily flavored stouts. And I'm not super into those because, again, my my hit rate with them is very low. I almost, like, I've tried a bunch of them. I've almost never finished one (laughs) because usually it's so ridiculously, like, powerful and heavy and overbearing that, like, you take one sip and you're like, okay, 
I'm glad I tasted that, but I really don't want any more. And I certainly couldn't drink an entire can of this. <laughs> I mean, some of them actually taste like melted ice cream. Yeah, and and it's just they're so strong. Like I, I feel like the the ideal serving situation for most flavored stouts would be the like a flight of those little tasting cups so that you could try a little bit of a few of them and find the one you like but that you wouldn't be required to sit sit there and like chug down this whole can of like massively over flavored overpowered beer actually putting an ice cream floater in one of those like a, a big dollop of vanilla ice cream that's interesting oh that would be so good yeah, once we can, like, go outside, we should try that. Ooh, stout float. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet people do that. Um, so, yeah, so here for my number four, I'm talking about, like, the regular unflavored types of stouts. So I'm including Guinness, of course, in this. You know, a lot of people look down on Guinness as, like, well, you know, you've, people have had it a million times. And, you know, if, you're, if you've ever been in a bar or especially in Ireland or near Ireland or in a bar that thinks it's in Ireland – you've you've had guinness around you all the time and you've you might have had you might have had it so much that you're bored of it and i think guinness is kind of underappreciated it's really pretty good and i'm not saying there aren't better stouts out there there are like one of my favorite ones is the left hand uh, milk stout in its original form or its new nitro form which is more common now is that the cow one yes is that yeah the, the hand cow on, as their logo um, yeah, the left hand milk stout is great, um, and it is it's kind of like a a more modernized, uh, Americanized version of like a Guinness style stout. But both of these, they're just wonderful. They're you know that it's a smooth, pleasant, mild flavor. Like I think people who are who are not super into beer might assume that beers that are very dark in color would be very strong tasting, and I have found that's just not the case at all. Like it, there's not a strong correlation between darkness of color and strong and strength of flavor or or any other flavor component. Um, so, a lot of people I think don't even try stouts or assume they won't like them. But a good stout is really nice. It's just it's very like it's a crowd pleaser. It's it's smooth. It's pleasant. It's mild. Um, in the case of Guinness, uh, at, at least it's not super high in alcohol. Um, so I'm actually a really big fan of stouts. One of the only downsides. Um, besides that, you know, the flavored thing that you have to avoid sometimes is that it's hard to find non-dairy options if you're looking for that because because milk stouts are so popular now that almost every stout you, you find is a milk stout. Although Guinness is not. Guinness is actually um, vegan. Uh, the one that you got us to try the other night was a <laughs> that was nitro ridiculous. milk stout with coconut. That I couldn't I couldn't drink more than a sip of that. It that was, was intense. It was horrendous. It was really good. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I, I I really enjoy like regular mild stouts, either traditional or milk stouts, including Guinness. And that's one thing. Like if you if you're at a bar and you're a beer person, and so you don't want like a, a crappy light lager, they they probably have Guinness on tap. Like it's so widespread. Wait, you just said crappy light lager, and that was in your honorables. Yes, it was because it serves <laughs> a purpose, but it's a purpose I don't usually want. <laughs> What? So, yeah. so, so Guinness, Guinness is a nice fallback if you're at a bar that doesn't have a lot of beer that you like or any beer that you might like. Guinness is probably there, and it's probably way better than anything else they have. What makes it so dark? <laughs> I don't know. I, see the, Science. People who know about beer brewing are probably going to hate this whole episode because they're going to be screaming at all the things that we don't know or say wrong. We're but, not beer brewers. Brewer brewers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Brewers. Br- beer oh, brewers. Oh, beer brewers. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, instead of growing it, you brow it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so uh, we're not, we're not professional brewers. And so we don't know what that, how, how the different processes work of brewing, but I'm guessing it's just a difference in process or maybe it's the way the barley is browned or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know a brewer, so I should probably ask yeah. him. <laughs> is he a brewer or a shower? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the stout. Um, <laughs> So, uh, what's your number three? It's a hazy IPA. All right. Because I don't want a regular IPA. I need it hazy. And hazy usually means it has some sort of weird flavor or something like that associated with it. And it's super fun. It's like... Oh, the Brewers are getting mad. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't care what they... I don't, shh. Calm down, Brewers. Calm down. Okay. I like both. I like hazy IPAs and regular IPAs, but there's just something a little extra about the hazy that I really like. I feel like it's like pulpy orange juice versus regular orange juice. Like I like the pulp because I like that there's a little bit of like, you know, interest. It's like, ooh, you know, there's something little floating around. This is fun. Not saying that, you know, hazy IPAs are chunky or anything like that, which (laughs) 
I kind of expect them to be, honestly. I kind of expect there to be like fruit chunks or something. Oh my God. Like pulp, like pulp, not like chunks, not like a sangria. <laughs> We're getting really far away from what beer actually is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's hazy. At this point, I think the brewers have all dropped off the, the show. They're, they're gone. They, j- yep, they just. <laughs> They just set their phones on fire. Um, they drop them into their beers. Yeah, I like a hazy. I, there's just something um, more fun about it. It's it looks better. Like I don't know. It just it doesn't look so much like pee water. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know I'm I'm reaching here. Yeah, but I like I like a hazy. As do I. But I'll get to more of that later. Um, I would like to know when you get to your possible entry of hazies what it is that i'm drinking and why i might like it <laughs> I, I will get there although i think the brewers will be disappointed in my lack of much knowledge on how it actually how it actually is different i'm but learning i'm learning right now that i should have done more research about these things no see this is about beer this is not about any other topics where people actually care about being right beer is about bsing with your friends when you're drinking in a bar together when you can finally do that again like that's what this is about it is beer is about like let's enjoy our bsitude with our friends over this beer and we're all going to pretend like we know what we're talking about and because we're all drinking beer we don't care if anyone's right or not that is the beer culture so it doesn't matter what we say so i i did this right then yes no research i did some research but very little so hazy ipa number three (laughs) my number three is the belgian ale you mentioned in your your honorable mentions um i've had a bunch of them but so nutty yeah, my my favorite still remains the Chimay Blue. Um, it, it is basically like a regular kind of, you know, brown ale, but just really rich and really well done, like incredibly well executed. And so there's there's a very complex flavor. There's a, like there's a lot going on there, and it's very pleasing to to many people, myself included. Um, really the only major downsides to the Belgian ale for me um, are that they tend to be higher alcohol content. Like the Chimay Blue is 9% um, compared to, you know, a light lager might be like 4%. Uh, a typical IPA might be like, you know, between 5 and 6 maybe. So, you know, to, to be up there in the 9s, that's that's pretty high. Um, so, I you know, I certainly couldn't have a lot of that. But what surprised me about it the most is that there's so little aftertaste. Yeah. It's a very, like, you finish and it's just clean. And, like, yeah. You know, like, a lot of beers, they'll have an aftertaste of kind of like the cloyingness from the, like, the barley kind of sticks around your mouth, kind of starts kind of tasting like sweet and sour and kind of in a bad way um, or something like that. You're talking like a brewer. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, it's like, it's not like, yeah, the the Chimay is just really clean and and just, but it has so much depth of flavor when it's in your mouth um, that it's, it's just very, very good. And that's one thing that sometimes you will be able to find that in in restaurants and bars. It's rare, um, but like places that don't use they don't have a lot of fancy beer. If they're like a high end place, they might have those, uh, and so that that's also a little plus. Um, but yeah, the Belgian ale and in particular the Chimay Blue, which is my favorite one. Man, that's a, that's a wonderful category. And 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 I've had a, I've had a bunch of other ones, and I've never had a bad one. They're all good. I would say like the bar is very high. No pun intended. You know, the bar is high for like how good Belgian ales are compared to other categories. So you you really can't go wrong with any of them. Uh, but yeah, I think the Chimay Blue is, is special. I do like a high bar because I don't like leaning over. <laughs> What's your number two? My number two is something I can't really pronounce, uh, but I'm going to attempt this. I think it's called a ghost. A goza, I've heard. Goza, Goza, I, a goose? yeah, G O S E, yeah. I've heard it, I've heard it pronounced almost every way it's possible to pronounce that, but I think Goza is the is the generally agreed upon correct one. I mean, I've never had this beer before. Maybe like a year ago was the first time I had it, and they are always right up my alley. They are tart and they're tangy and they're light. Um, they always have like pretty cans. <laughs> They're like, they're less sour than a sour, which is not descriptive at all uh, in any way. No, to beer people it is. Okay, to a beer sour people. is a thing that I'm sure we'll talk about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, it's just like, it's on the edge of sour, but it's very fruity. I would argue, or I'm sure that, you know, growers and other beer people might argue that 
sours and these uh, gozas are barely beer, but it's definitely my number two. Yeah. Probably I- <laughs> be for that same reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I will argue that. Um, yeah. In my opinion. Then why is it in the beer catalog? Like, why well, is it as a type of beer if it's barely beer? What I, would, is I it? wouldn't say it's barely beer. It is totally beer. But what it, makes it totally beer? You know, the the barley hops, water, yeast thing. But OK, yeah. so it does have the barley hops, water. Yeah, yeast. It has all as far as, I, as far as I know, it has all those things brewed in similar ways as most beer. Just like most of these different beers that we're talking about differ mostly in the process of how they're made, not in the ingredients used to make them. OK, and so the if you were to be, say use rice instead of wheat to make a beer, <laughs> then you have a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a beer? I would argue not, but here we are. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe an honorable beer. But what not. is what's closer to beer? A ghost or a goza or a Bud Light? Depends who you ask. See, and this this is where the the entire like you know, especially recently, there's been a huge rise in in sour in the sour category, which I, I would kind of consider gozas to be like in the sour category. Um, but there's been a huge rise in this, and and I don't like this category. But I, I respect it for how complex it is and how much craft is going into it these days. And and there's occasionally one that I have that's like a little bit okay to me. But I can tell this is kind of a category that a lot of people like except me. But I think if you order a beer at a restaurant and you get one that is a sour or something similar like a Goza. You would totally do a spit take. I think – the bartender, if they if they think that you might not know what that is, I think they should confirm with you, oh, you know that's a sour, right? Like, I think there should be an extra confirmation step because if you order a beer and you are not expecting it to be a sour and then you taste it and it tastes very sour. For the record, we're not talking about sours. I know, but goes as I, I might as well do this right now because it's in the ballpark. <laughs> uh, I feel like because it's so different from expectations of the regular flavor profiles of traditional beer that we've had, I feel like it almost should be treated separately. In the same way, like, it's almost like, you know, the argument about deep dish pizza, whether that should be called pizza or not. Like, Yeah, yeah, whether it's basically a casserole. Like, there's no question that the, that the, the, the sour areas of beer are beer, but... They almost deserve like their own separate section on most menus, <laughs> clarifying what they are. Be- for, because if you if you don't expect that, you probably won't like it. Uh, as opposed to you know many other kinds of beer that most people have already had. All right, I'm trying to look up very quickly what the difference is. There's a lot of <laughs> we should have done this before. <laughs> well, there's a lot of like the goza versus sour. Right. And again, I'm not sure I'm saying this right. Um, but anyway, a goza is a traditional German style, unfiltered sour wheat beer that's currently enjoyed enjoying a renewed interest among American craft brewers. <laughs> the wheat part might be what distinguishes it from typical sours. Um, traditional uh, goza, it's, it's uh, spontaneously fermented. <laughs> Yeah, the, this is where all the brewers like are yelling their heads off at us. So we'll move on for now. <laughs> but anyway, my number two is the regular IPA. So I'm t- talking about, you know, the IPAs we've had for a long time now, for decades now, um, you know, IPAs kind of took over the beer world, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, and everybody makes IPAs now, and they're all over the place. And, you know, some of my favorites, you know, there's the West Coast style, uh, kind of like, you know, clean, crisp. Um, that's kind of like what most people have mostly as IPAs. I, I also separately, but in the same category, like the Dogfish Head style, which I think is more like the East Coast style. Um, the Dogfish Head 60-minute is great. The 90-minute is one of my favorite beers ever. What I like about IPAs is that they they are crisp and refreshing because they don't have that sweetness, or they, they it's so balanced out by so much overbearing hops flavor. Um, it gives a lot of you know, just complexity and refinement, and there's a lot of potential for IPAs, and that's why they're so popular. Um, the only reason I didn't rank them higher is that I, th- I think the beer world is kind of tired of IPAs because we've had so many for so long now, and where IPAs kind of fall down, but this is kind of a feature in some ways, um, is that most of them taste pretty similar. There's not a huge variety within the like standard IPA style. Now, this is kind of a feature in some ways. You know, it's not so great for interestingness and variety, but 
IPAs are now so common and so widespread that, again, if you're at a bar or a restaurant, they probably have an IPA. And if you don't like lagers and, and you want like, you know, a decent beer, you can get pretty much any IPA that pretty much any bar has. They probably, you know, the, the bad bars will generally only have maybe one on the menu, but you can get that one and it'll be pretty good because IPAs are all pretty good and there's not that much variety among them. So even they, they, they didn't make my number one just because, you know, again, like I've had, I've had so many of them, they're kind of boring, but again, going back to the cheese pizza and lager thing, if there's, you know, a, fr- a fridge full of beer and I'm going to pick one out, I'm probably going to pick an IPA most of the time. And so I, I have to give that a lot of credit. That, that it's, it's a very good category. It, again, if you're stocking things for a party, I feel like you pretty much have to have IPAs. And the IPA will probably be the second most popular thing that goes second to your light lockers. Cool. <laughs> I'll drink that. I would drink one of those, yes. <laughs> All right. Let's do number ones. <laughs> I learned something while you were talking about beers. I mean, you were paying attention the entire time. I was paying attention the entire time. So I might have made a mistake here. Whereas uh, I think it's like a Kingdom Phylum class and order kind of situation where mm-hmm. there's, you know, categories of beers. Like you have beer, right? right. King- kingdom beer or alcohol, right? And da, 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 da. Anyway, beer. <laughs> Uh, and then there's like different types of beer. Sour is a type of beer. Mm-hmm. And then the subcategory of sours have all the names like uh, the like Lambics <laughs> yeah. and the Goza. Goza and is barley the, wine in there too? I had a barley wine once and I hated it. Flanders Red Ale. I don't know. And then a Gueze, which is not to be confused with the Goza. It's G-U-E-U-Z-E. <laughs> yeah, we should not be saying any of these words. I'm so sorry <laughs> to all the brewers. So yeah, so sour is like a larger category, but I mean, some of our other picks and other beers were subcategories oh, yeah. of other categories. I don't consider that like, you know, I could have picked ales, but I picked IPAs. Right. And spoiler alert, I'm about to pick hazy IPAs, which is a type of IPA. Like what? that's like, you know, it's just, it's not, <laughs> there, there are lots of these, you know, there's only... I think there's only like two types of, I think there's like ale and lager. I think that's those are the only two types of beer or something like that. Like there's not a lot of like master okay, types. Okay. But like, and then I guess, there's lots of subcategories among those. I guess I feel bad. Wait, let me take a sip of my number one. <laughs> you, you like sour so much that you rank them your number one and number two. <laughs> well, this one says sour IPA. Right. So I, that's what I mean. Like, okay, so number one is sour. I love sour beers. Anything sour, I love it. It's so perfect and great. There has never been a sour that I've had that I'm like, yuck. You hate them, and it's so sure it's so much fun to open one up, and I love it. And I was like, "Don't even try it; you'll hate this." And the ones that are lighter and like way less sour, the ones that I like less, I'm like, eh, "You could try this; you'll probably be okay with it." So I guess I made a mistake because a ghost is a sour, or oh, it's stupid. It's a ghost. A ghost is a sour. Okay, a ghost is a sour. Mm-hmm. So I still put. I I just picked sour twice. That's fine. It's hey, really what just happened. You picked a subcategory and then you picked a higher up level category. That's totally valid. I just picked like a, I, I picked the sour and then I picked the German sour. So yeah, like, that's fine. Again, that's what like beer has lots of these like category and subcategory. Divisions. I guess you did the Belgian ale. So, yes. okay. But yeah, it's basically you know the same. I feel, I just feel bad, but I, yeah, I you know really, what the A and IPA stands for? Ale. I. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So, um, I love sours. They're so weird. They're so extra. They are overbearing in so many wonderful ways. <laughs> there is a particular brewery that is actually near us called um, the Hudson Valley Brewery, and it is absolutely one of my favorites. They are so beautiful. Like, the cans and the artwork and the style of even a sour beer is super appealing to me. Like, I just feel like anyone who's making a sour is really caring about all of the elements that they're putting out there in their beer. So like even the marketing on like their Instagram accounts and stuff, like they're beautiful. They're served in like pretty glasses. They have these beautiful like colors and everything is super hip and and it's just it's so well done all around and then when you open up this beautiful can 
or bottle. Like they even dip this brewery and I'm sure a couple others as well. They dip the tops of their bottle ones, the ones that they uh, like a wine bottle size bottle. They dip it in wax. Like <laughs> it's so extra. It's so much. And I, I just, I love every part of it. I just, the sour world just speaks to me. It's like, Tiff, this is where you belong. I made beers for you. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, I I admit, as a as a person who does not like the sour flavor most of the time, I am incredibly envious of how cool all the like cans and designs and everything oh, are. Oh, they're so weird. There's <laughs> they're this, so cool. <laughs> there was this crazy one from Florida that you got that had, was like key lime and it had this big like flamingo on it. Oh, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it's just they look so fun and festive and joyful like sours are a joyful beer and they make me feel happy and bright and it feels like summertime all the time when you're drinking a sour yeah i i kind of i really wish i liked them because they you're everything you said is right they are fun they are over designed they are like incredibly hip there and there is a ton of variety like this is one thing you know i was saying about ipas how ipas don't have a lot of variety sours have a massive amount of variety oh yeah they like you can have so many different flavors like tons of different fruit flavors and it's just it's uh, there's even like an oat sour yeah right? there's i mean there's I mean, yeah there's oat everything but yeah <laughs> people love oats these days <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah no it, it it's Sours are, are a really good category for everyone except me. And it's frustrating, but I, I do respect that. Ah, they're so fresh in every way. <laughs> yes! All right, my number one, as alluded to earlier, is the Hazy IPA, also known as the New England Style IPA. Oh, good. You could tell us actually what I picked, like, before. <laughs> tell us about this, Marco. Yeah, so, uh, and this is actually the one I'm choosing to drink tonight, is the, um, the Sloop Make It Nice IPA. Now, that's a pretty can yeah oh yeah this is yeah, the big rainbow yeah it, i love the matte style to it yeah i i love this beer it's only seasonally released unfortunately and i think it's already out of season for the current batch you <laughs> so know it's cool because buy some more you know it's cool because the dark printing is brown and not black yeah that's why it looks so awesome yeah i love this beer so much and i'm so i'm so sad that i can't buy it year round but it makes it kind of fun it makes it special when i can buy there it, it. Is. Now, and this is actually one downside of liking hazies and sours um that you it's really hard to buy the same one twice like you, you usually like so many of them are short runs limited releases and almost all the best ones are that and they're also in very high demand and, and it's the, these are the, like you know some of the best breweries. You'll have people, including Hudson Valley. Um, you'll have people like lining up when when they make new releases at the brewery or like slamming their website online to try to get try to get themselves a four pack or whatever. So it, it can be hard to get the really good ones. And and again, and because of all the limited release nature of them, uh, they're constantly changing, and it can be very hard to buy the same one more than once. Um, they also tend to have a fairly short shelf life. Uh, you don't really want to drink a hazy IPA after more than, you know, maybe, I don't know, a couple of months after it was brewed. Um, so it's a little less convenient to buy them. The advantage, though, is that these are really interesting, both sours and the hazies. And the hazy, I feel like, is kind of like the bridge between standard flavor beer and the sour world. Because hazy IPAs are, they still taste kind of like IPAs, but... They, they have more, like, citrus element to them. And they yes, get that. that's why I like it. Yeah. And they get that not from actually adding citrus. Some of them do, but that's not, that, that's not the common case. It's just a difference in process of how they make it. So it's still the same beer ingredients, but they change the process in ways that I'm not qualified to explain because I don't actually know. But I, I know it's just a process change. And as a result, you get very different flavors. And in my opinion, the hazy IPA is significantly superior to the regular IPA in in most ways. Um, the flavor is more complex. There is significantly more variety between them. Um, it's part of it's just because it's it's relatively recent of, of a trend, so it's just newer. You know, as I mentioned, we're kind of all tired of IPAs at this point. So hazy's being a newer um, you know trend are it just makes it a little bit you know fresher in our mind, but. They just taste so complex, and there's so much going on there. Like I, one of the first hazies I ever tried was on the incomparable beer episode, the first one that I mentioned earlier, which we'll link to. 
Um, and I describe it then as it's almost like tasting in stereo. Like there's there's multiple components going on in the flavor at the same time, as opposed to most beer types have like you know kind of like one one theme going. And hazies taste like they have multiple themes going. <laughs> if there's if it's hard to explain, but they are much more complex flavors, very much like combining the worlds of beer and citrus influences but without usually actually adding citrus juice so it's a wonderful thing Um, my only downsides besides that it's hard to buy the same one twice um, are that all the really good hazies are higher alcohol content than most you know common beers like you know most common beers you know four to five percent maybe most good hazies are like seven to nine percent so there's it, definitely up there, and it's hard to find good ones that are on the lower end of that spectrum. Um, and because of that, you know, you can't really have as many of them necessarily and everything. But uh, other than that, if if I'm only going to have one beer in a night, which is the common case, I'm going to have a hazy IPA if I can, if I have any. <laughs> because they are just so good and so complex and so fresh and clean and new. And I just love citrus flavor also. So number one the hazy IPA. It is nice that there is one beer that we can get. Like we can just go out, get a six pack, you know, purchase. Is that, that's how you purchase beers. Yeah. Yeah. But hazy's are usually four packs. So anyway, let's be honest. Four pack. So, <laughs> but a pack, a pack of beers, right? Yes. <laughs> Their noun of assembly is a pack and we can share that together because we actually both like hazy's. Yeah, exactly. Like we actually, there's, it's like the one kind of beer that we both like a lot together. Aww. That's pretty cool. Oh, oh, that's actually really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, that's a beer does. It makes people like each other a lot. That's true. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we also like pumpkin beer together. Yeah. But only sometimes. Yeah. Only it's seasonal. Oh yeah. Only in the fall. I get no. 